0: Welcome to Desirability Alt, where we'll explore the intersections of disability, desire, and alternative relationships. I'm your host, Angela Carr. This podcast is intended for an adult audience who identifies with or is curious about alternative relationships, including kink, BDSM, non-monogamy, total power exchange, and more. This content is not suitable for those under the age of 18. Get ready, listen by yourself, or gather with your partners and enjoy this episode. Welcome back to episode 20. I'm so excited for you to hear this interview today. Today I get to interview Master Don. Master Don, also known as Dibando, is a dominant in the Philadelphia area, the head of household of the House of DiBando, as well as an active member of the lifestyle community. He is a graduate of MTTA Master's Academy, Academy Class 21 from 2013. You can find the rest of his bio in the show notes. Today, we talk about being in a power exchange dynamic with a disability specifically with hearing loss. We talk about BDSM negotiations. We talk about tradition in MS circles and how we fit in or how we make the community work for us. Master Don does use the term handicapped to refer to himself and uses it in general terms. We will have a discussion on language and the use of the term handicapped towards the end of the episode. So stay tuned for that. Today, I'd like to welcome on the show, Master Don Dibando. Welcome.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: How are you today?
1: I'm doing quite well, even though it's cold outside. It's a wonderful winter day, but I'm glad to be here with you and your, uh, your audience.
0: Yes, I know. I'm all,
1: all bundled up.
0: <laughs> Could you start off just telling us a little bit about yourself?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I am a heterosexual male in the Philadelphia BDSM and power exchange community. Um, I've been in the lifestyle for quite a while. Uh, I identify uh, as a master. I have been a master and I have owned slaves uh, as well as submissives. Um, I do partake in both BDSM activities as well as power exchange activities. At the present time I am uh, Polly and um, I've been doing this for a little bit of a while.
0: Thank you and you're also a leader in the community and you're a mentor. I'm excited to talk with you today. I know that you're my SERS mentor and someone that we both look up to so I'm really excited to have you on the show.
1: Well, you're, you're very kind. As far as being a leader in the community, I don't exactly know um, if I agree with that. I try to do the best I can. It's the way I was raised in the community to be able to, uh, that if you're part of the community, you need to be able to give back. Uh, but I am a, a mentor. I mentor several people and I have belonged to a number of different organizations. Not only uh, am I at this present time, the assistant director of a mass chapter uh, in New Jersey, but I have been a longtime member of a variety of different mass chapters, um, as well as a number of different organizations.
0: Yes. Always happy to see you in mass meetings.
1: Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah.
0: So let me also ask you, do you identify as a person with a disability?
1: Uh, I do identify as a person with a disability. I am... Um, handicapped, legally handicapped. I am deaf uh, in my left ear. I have been, uh, you know, it was a birth defect of which I, uh, uh, it's called Wartenberg syndrome. It is a genetic defect that my father had and his father had as well. Uh, So I am um, hearing impaired legally, and it has caused a number of issues uh, throughout my life, I'm going to say, because obviously, you know, you spend a lot of your life being, saying, you know, huh and what a lot. Uh, but one of the things about being hearing impaired is the fact that uh, that I learned very early on, it's what I call the uh, the invisible disability. Um, when someone is perhaps visually impaired or physically impaired, um, most often people will be able to identify that readily. Uh, however, Uh, Unless you communicate with someone or try to talk with them, uh, rarely do you know whether they are hearing impaired. It is something that is uh, pronounced in my life. uh, And however, even though I was born with it, um, uh, it's interesting, it has not really held me back um, as if I have lost something. I was born that way. So I really don't know how folks have stereo hearing going on. I only have one ear that works.
0: Yeah, a lot of people talk about the difference between when you're born with a disability and when you acquire it because they're very different experiences.
1: Very much so, very much so.
0: So have you felt any differences in how you were treated in terms of your hearing impairment in the BDSM scene?
1: For the most part, that that's, that's a very interesting question. Uh, Again, like I said, it's an invisible disability um, so that most people are not aware of it when you know, they either see me about uh, or unless they engage me uh, in conversation or so and I have to tell them, I'm sorry, you know, I'm hard of hearing and things like that. Uh, oftentimes in my power exchange dynamics, the relationships I have with the people that I have, that has always been a, a pronounced thing. And oftentimes the, the people that I'm with are aware of that, and as a service to me, they actually become my ears. Okay, there are times where, you know, uh, for example, uh, in master-slave dynamics, oftentimes um, protocol is is of a higher form, and that we not saying that it's not a higher form in other types of power exchanges, um, but we often focus on that. You know, how do we stand? How do we walk? And there has been documented for a long time in the traditional master-slave type of dynamic, just moving through the community, oftentimes the slave will stay to the master's left-hand side and several steps back. That often comes or was rooted in antiquity from the days of when knights would go forward. And because most knights were trained or it was accepted due to cultural norms that they had to be right-handed They would pull their sword with their right hand from their left hand side so that their left hand was clear to to shield the person they were protecting. That fell into effect in the master slave community so that oftentimes when you see uh, master slaves who uh, are of a higher protocol or utilize that, they allow the slaves or they require the slaves to walk to the left hand side. I am deaf in my left ear. So if I follow the master-slave protocol that's accepted in uh, a lot of our um, communities, uh, I will essentially not be able to hear my slave if I ask them a question and expect a response, or if they speak to me, I will not be able to hear it. So I have them walk on my right side. So in the master-slave community, if people say, well, you know, he's, you know, a longtime member and he's established you know he has protocols and things like that um, yet he has his slave walk on the opposite side of what we're used to in the community that is a perfect example of although we have traditions each and every power exchange is different and we sit there and need to ask ourselves do we do what is necessary for our power exchange and the relationship that we are in or is it more important for us to follow the, the constraints and traditions of our community? For me, being in my relationship and being able to hear my slave or my submissive, whoever I'm with, is obviously more important, so I have them on my other side. So to your original question, have I seen that in the community? Most people who do not know me do not know of my handicap, so it's not an issue until we engage in conversation. I need to normally say, you know, I'm sorry, I'm deaf. Can you either speak up or or things like that? Or we're having a conversation and I have to lean into my slave or submissive and they have to repeat in my good ear that works a little bit louder what they said. Uh, It becomes an interesting fact with actually more of my peers and friends. Uh, and that's when they have at times, you know, made fun of me or, or, or busted my chops about that, but it's always in good nature and not, um, not done maliciously. Uh, I, but I will tell you that oftentimes uh, for the people that I am in a relationship with uh, that does become at times challenging or an issue because oftentimes we will either be engaged in a conversation or something, perhaps we're in a car Or perhaps we're in a place where there is a lot of ambient outside noises and asking them to either speak louder when they really don't want to or the topic is something that we really don't want to share out in public, it becomes a a burden or a challenge for them. But that is very rarely uh, an occurrence and they've been always very uh, helpful and accommodating, even though I know at times having to repeat themselves simply because I was not able to fully understand what they said has at times been an issue.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I appreciate you talking about the history of how we walk because for my Sarah and I, we also walk on the opposite side because if I'm using one crutch, it's usually always in my left hand. So I think it's just all about being adaptable and, you know, there's tradition, but then there's also no one true way and, and we have to do what works for us and our dynamics.
1: That's absolutely correct, and I appreciate you bring that up. I mean, the bottom line is our community is made up with a wide diversity of people, um, of cultures, of heritage, of nationalities, of a variety of things, including those who are handicapped, and that traverses both sides of the slash. It's not just relegated to submissives or slaves. There are many dominants and masters, mistresses and such, who are also handicapped, and. Quite frankly, the whole purpose of being in this lifestyle for a variety of reasons is also for personal growth and to be able to live a fulfilling life uh, to do things that, well, let's face it. I mean, most of the things that we do in this lifestyle is not of the social norms that has been accepted by our society for a long time, if ever, um, that we're trailblazers in that regard is that we will break away from the conventional norms to be able to live a life of self-fulfilling and that for handicapped people in the lifestyle is always it's a bar that we constantly reach for it's like hey you know i do have this limitation and yet i can still participate in our community i can still be someone who is active i am still somebody who is worth being with uh, because i'm still a human being even though i may have this particular issue and you know as well as i do you have had a variety of a podcast already that has touched on a, a wealth of different issues with uh, disabled people in our community. A lot of times, it's also the hidden disabilities, mental or emotional, that are, that are also uh, things that we strive to overcome and still succeed with.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, let me ask you, with partners that you've had with your submissives and slaves, how soon do you talk with them about your hearing loss? Is it something that you bring up right away? Is it something that you wait?
1: Well, that's, first of all, yeah, the, uh, because of the fact, you know, the normal dance in our, our, our society, our, our lifestyle is the fact that the first thing we do is we get to meet someone. And, um, you know, pre-COVID, uh, you know, we would meet them at munches or we would, you know, meet them online and then try to schedule in a safe space, a public place. Where we'd be able to meet them publicly and be able to discuss things, and essentially because hearing is a key ingredient to communication skills, uh, it comes up relatively quickly that that they either have to speak a little bit louder or understand that sometimes I may not be able to hear what they're saying, basically due to either they're speaking too fast, they're speaking too quiet. Uh, a lot of times uh, at people, and I'm not saying labels on submissives, there are people who are, are quite dominant, but they're very low-toned in how they're speaking, that will make things a little bit of a challenge. So it's something that I need to usually bring up uh, very early on, just to be able to say, you gotta have some kind of uh, understanding that I may issue to repeat things only because you know I'm hearing impaired. Uh, I have never received any kind of uh, negativity towards that, and they've been always very accommodating and understanding. Um, and, and again, I think for those who have been with me, it is, has also been um, for them being my set of external ears, I think that's an area of service that they never considered that they would have to be, and it provides them with a, a, a challenge, if not an ability to think, hey, this is something that I can definitely, whenever I'm with him, provide him. Um, so it's a continuous thing. It's not like, you know, oh, I'm making him coffee or I'm bringing him dinner or I'm opening the door, you know, what, whatever other protocol it is. This is a life essential protocol and service that they give.
0: I love that being master's ears as part of service. I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't want to speak for them. I appreciate that gift that they give me. Uh, you would definitely have to ask them whether it's, uh, it's a gift or, or whether it's, it's, it's a great thing that they're giving. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So can you tell us a little bit about your role as a master and what led you to that role?
1: Um, sure. Thank you for that question. I am, uh, at the time of this recording, I'm a 54-year-old male. And I was raised in an Italian household. I am Italian. Um, and I was born later in life to my parents. My mother was 47 years old. My father was 51. And they were um, people who, you know, were first generation Italians here who came from Italy and lived through the Depression and all those other things. And their culture as Italians is was very rooted in what we define as a dominant submissive relationship. So I was essentially born observing and learning a DS relationship. Um, My father uh, was obviously the head of the household. Uh, He got up and went to work, sometimes working two, three jobs to provide for the family. My mother was a traditional Italian housewife whose role was essentially Um, to stay home, give him children, take care of his children and him and provide for his house. Um, And that's the way I was raised that the man of the house uh, was the dominant and he cared for and provided all things for those in his charge. Um, My mother who just passed away in 2020 uh, lived to be almost 101 years of age. She was literally four weeks away from her 101st birthday. This is a woman who never drove a car. My my father, whenever my mother needed to go anywhere, he drove the family. And essentially the dynamic was my mother provided all the services that kept my father functioning and my father guided the house and whatever he knew the family needed my mother would say we need this we need this i want this we need this and my father would make that happen as long as my father kept my mother happy, my mother kept my father happy and followed all his protocols and rules and i was raised in that so really i know very little of other ways Um, my function and uh, my outlook as a dominant is rather simple which is essentially create an environment former slave of mine has said, you know, basically create a bubble for them to exist in. As long as you take care of everything on the outside for them, their focus and goal in the relationship or dynamic is to simply um, just take care of me. And that's the way I kind of like to create that dynamic or sphere in, uh, in my relationships, because that's kind of the way I was raised. I hope that answers your question.
0: Yes, thank you. Have you ever had submissives or slaves that also have disabilities of any kind?
1: Uh, The answer to that is yes, Um, I have. I have had both uh, submissives and slaves, and I have had submissives and slaves that were handicapped coming into the dynamic, the relationship, and then I've had submissives and slaves who became handicapped through either accidents or illness or whatever, um, who became limited in their abilities um, to the degree that they became handicapped. Um, I've also been with uh, people uh, who have been not only physically handicapped, but they have had uh, some emotional or, or mental issues or stresses that bro- were brought on. I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that a traumatic event occurred in their life that caused them a issue which had created a pronounced effect upon them that generated limitations, which is kind of what a, a handicap is. There is something that is either physical or mental or emotional which is pre- preventing uh, you from being able to do certain things that other non-handicapped people are able to do, sometimes even taking advantage or, or, or taken for granted. So yes, I have had people in my life that have experienced those things, physical and as well as uh, uh, emotional or mental, yeah.
0: So do you have any advice for partners of people with disabilities that you uh, would like to share?
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, if, if nothing else, uh, some advice to have would be essentially the following, uh, one, and this is probably so old hat, it's been literally ground, you know, beaten into the ground so many times, and yet it's one of the first things that's always neglected or, or forgotten about, which is be open and honest in your communications, you need to be able to talk about these things. Uh, don't be embarrassed by your handicaps, whether they are physical or mental or emotional. It is who you are, as well as the fact that if it's something that you already possess going in, you have to own up to it. It is who you are, who it is who, what makes you who you are. And if that other person is looking at you right now, whether it doesn't matter what side of the slash you're on now, I'm talking about just the human being themselves, Um, It is what makes you who you are and could be an element of attractiveness. Okay. Um, It could be an endearing quality. It could be a uniqueness. The other thing, the other quality that is necessary, uh, a skill, perhaps you may want to say that, is to have patience we have to always have some element of patience and that's an acquired skill in today's environment and today's fast paced world it is so ridiculously easy to want now 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 and sometimes people may not be physically or emotionally or mentally capable of being at a speed or level And that sometimes causes great concerns uh, for the person who is, and I'm very hesitant to use the word afflicted, but the person who has the handicap sometimes will be harder on themselves than the person they're with when they receive some sort of response, rebuke, something like that. Uh, handicapped people will oftentimes look upon themselves and say, oh, I'm not wanted, or I'm incapable, or I can't do this, and why can't I be like that? One of the great downfalls of (laughs) of our community, Angela, I'm very sorry to say, and unfortunately, it has been tremendously prevalent since its inception almost, is hypocrisy, okay? We are a culture a community that beats a drum with a hammer saying we're open and we are accepting of everyone and all this other stuff and at the same time once we accept everyone we get them in the first thing we do is we start being hypocritical about that we will judge them you know i cannot tell you how many times i've heard in my life you know oh they're not a real slave and What makes him think he's a master or she's a mistress or, you know, um, we are very judgmental and we create a lot of benchmarks uh, that are oftentimes very false and very, um, very hurtful. Uh, And it definitely tells you that you really are not the person that you say you are or is open and welcoming, you know, you're you're not, you know, and, and you know what, that's fine if you can own up to that and say, you know what, hey, I'm not a perfect person. But for those with the handicap and for those who are either in relationships or may become in relationship with people who have handicaps, whether visible or invisible, the two ingredients of being able to openly communicate and accept it, as well as to have patience with that person is key. I hope I, I know it's yes. a very long way of responding to that, but I hope that answers your question.
0: That does. That's great. And I, I agree with you. I know that in my relationship, I've been much harder on myself than my sir is ever on me. (laughs) You know, I've had, especially in the beginning of our relationship, I had this feeling of feeling like a burden or feeling like, you know, my sir didn't sign up for all this when my health started to decline. And, you know, he was fine with it. I was the one that had a lot of issues with it. Um, so so I appreciate you bringing that up.
1: Yeah, no, not a problem. I mean, hey, I'm going to be straight up and honest with you here on this is the fact that this is not an easy lifestyle, okay? To be honest with you, it's got everything going against it, all right? People come into this lifestyle oftentimes under unfortunately false pretenses. And that at times may be our own as a community member, longtime community members, that is often a, a detriment against us because new people coming into our community are often introduced to this based on some very erroneous information. They know about us from pornography, erotica, 50 Shades of Grey. Okay. I you know, just think of that. Uh, and, and you know, that's not, you know, I have read a lot of erotica and pornography and stuff. I've seen porn, I mean, hey, it is who we are in our community. Uh, sex and uh, deviance and perversion is a major part of what is in a lot of our dynamics. And unfortunately, when you look at it from what I call artificial aspects, the pornography, I have never seen a porno movie that showed somebody mowing the lawn, shoveling the snow or (laughs) unclogging a toilet. But these are all things that happen in real life. Uh In addition to the fact that people do get sick okay on both sides of the slash a lot of times on the right side of the slash with the submissive of a slave they are tremendously hard on themselves whether in the beginning or even later on because you know it's all about does my partner still want me can i still function can i make them happy can i still serve them can i serve them the way they want and a lot of times uh, we're very, very hard on ourselves. Uh, The dominant, the master, the mistress, whoever they may be, um, that person to their credit hopefully will be someone of understanding. Uh, And even we on my side of the slash have those same, I don't know if I wanna call them inhibitions, but perhaps, you know, Same thought processes, same concerns, same, at times, maybe even paranoia. Am I able to give them what they want? Am I able to still be able to lead them? Can I be real in this environment that sometimes I will trip and fall? Uh, We are all human. Uh, Until we're able to have completely autonomous robots as either a submissive or a dominant, uh, there will be people with flaws and being able to accept people uh, and even without a flaw, because I'm not saying that there that people with handicaps have flaws. I'm saying that human beings, no matter who you are, you could be the most perfect human being out there. Uh, we all have flaws. So um, sometimes being hard on ourselves uh, does a lot, obviously a lot more damage than being, than being a help.
0: Thank you for sharing that because I think, I think especially for dominance and masters and mistresses, they may have this fear of show, showing vulnerability. And uh, I think that's, that's really important to consider that, you know, that that they're human and, and can make mistakes and, uh, you know, have disabilities as well and um, can share that vulnerability. And I think that that can make the relationship stronger in many ways.
1: Uh, I, I totally agree with you. And I do know many, many dominants, many masters, many mistresses, who feel that they have to constantly be the rock of Gibraltar. They cannot show emotion. They have to be stoic. Uh, it's a funny thing, I'm a stoic. I am a practicing stoic. Uh, I'm very <laughs> pronouncing that. And at no point do stoics claim to be Mr. Spock. A stoic is not someone who is devoid of emotion. A stoic is someone who embraces everything, including their emotions. They just do not allow the emotions to run them rampant. You experience a close death. A stoic does not say, oh, I can't cry. No, you cry, but then you move on. You experience all that we are born with. Uh, that is a bit of an issue with a lot of dominance. Um, and for some of them, it could be for a variety of reasons. One is, is because they model themselves after, after something or someone, whether it's real or fictitious that says, you know, hey, we don't do that, that shows weakness. Uh, sometimes it's out of insecurity. If I show a crack about being emotional or, or something like that, or if I share my true feelings, you know, um, you know I've got to always constantly be in control or in command. Um, you know, I, I believe that we do what we can do. There are some slaves who do not want an emotional. They, they want that rigid, harsh taskmaster as a dominant. Uh, so it's really whatever it is, you know, the, the, the great puzzle of this community is finding the best possible partner that you can. And I, I will never say the perfect partner. There's really is no perfect partner. Each one of us has great flaws. Um, I'm Italian and hot blooded. And, you know, I have emotions and, you know, I, I embrace the fact that I have emotions. Uh, it is who I am. Um, and my partners will know and understand that. Um, if they're looking for that robot, if they're looking for that, uh, you know, Mr. Spock, I'm not it. Love the aspects of Spock, you know, the the science, the logic and everything else. Um, But I cannot deny who I am. And that's the thing. That's the important part of being in this lifestyle. Can we be who we truly are and overcome the things that we want to overcome and Strive to be better people. Can the master and the slave achieve the goals of identifying what they want to identify and work towards achieving that in tandem?
0: Yes. Wow. You know, it's sort of like making the lifestyle work for us rather than than we have to conform to what is expected, um, you know, from other people.
1: I like that. Uh, Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of times many people in this lifestyle are motivated and I'm going to venture to say even hindered, whether you have handicaps or not, uh, they're either motivated or hindered by the community. Okay. That's like saying, I'm moving to this town and I'm buying a house on this street. And even though I am this person, I've got to change everything about myself so I conform to that community. Why would anybody want to do that? I mean, I mean, unless the community does not influence me, my dynamic or who I'm with, that is between us. We're part of the community, but quite frankly, the community does not pay my bills, put food on my table or take care of my submissive or slave. Uh, That's between us. Now we're part of the community and we could choose to associate and participate with certain people, certain elements of our community, if we so choose and see that aspect that is mutually acceptable, things like that. We can be kind and we can be civilized to them, but we don't have to embrace everything. And at no point do I think the community should really dictate, Um, you know, we don't have to match conformity, uh, we, we just have to be kind and nice and civilized to people. Uh, respectful is the key word. I yes. mean, if you, some people have dynamics that are very unique, um, very carved out in a lot of different aspects and protocols. As long as we are very open and saying, I respect who you are, I respect what you have between each other. Um, if if I, I'm not out to uh, insult you, Uh, especially when we come across people with handicaps. I mean, there are people in our community who are legally blind. We've seen them in events. Uh, You know, they are very functional people. They're visually impaired. Um, And at times, sometimes those who are not handicapped sit there and they will either approach or sometimes even have acts like... uh, They will act at times with concern or pity, but I think the ones who are, and I'm not being slanderous here, I'm making an observation. It's the person in our community who is not handicapped, who doesn't know how to approach those of us who are handicapped. And because they're afraid of us, not of who we are, but of hurting us or saying the wrong thing or offending a person who is handicapped, So they hold off, Mm -hmm. Uh, and we who are handicapped are sitting there going, you know, hey, I'm just trying to be one of you folk, Uh, and and the other folk who are not handicapped don't know how to approach us or don't want to approach us out of uh, concern about offending. We're all human beings. We all laugh and we all have emotions. Uh, some of us who are handicapped are assholes. Okay. (laughs) You know, uh, because you're handicapped does not make Mm -hmm. you a saint. It simply means that you have an aspect of yourself that, uh, is different than other people. It's not something bad or good. It's just who we are.
0: Right. (laughs) So I wanted to go back to talking about the BDSM aspects and, um, when you're in a scene or negotiating a scene, a lot of times we think about negotiation and we think about what the bottom needs. But I thought maybe if, if you could talk a little bit about the top's needs as well. Have there been things when you've negotiated scenes, have there been things that you've needed or adaptations that you've needed as part of your hearing loss?
1: That is a great question. Thank you very much for asking that. Um, first of all, my, my philosophy of the dynamic, whether um, I'm in, because your, your question was focused on BDSM, and obviously I, I look at BDSM for me, Not everybody has to agree with this, but for me, when I speak about BDSM, I'm talking about the top bottom perspective, about the physical interaction that we do within play. I play with both, with with my partners, people that I am intimate and long-term with, as well as the fact that I will do play with people I am not in relationships with, whether they're friends or or submissives or or bottoms of uh, people that I'm, you know, are willing to play with me and that I would like to play with. So in that regards, as far as getting my needs met, um, my relationships from the very get-go, the foundation, the structure that I build them on is one simple term, mutual need satisfaction, which is I have needs, they have needs, if we do the best that we can to satisfy the other person's needs, I'm all for that. Okay. I know that no one person can satisfy all complete needs of all people. But if you do the best you possibly can, yay for that. Um, In regards to the BDSM situation and my handicap, There have been a number of of things that have been uh, very important um, essentially because of the fact that I am hearing impaired. There have been times where part of the scene will consist of things where the uh, bottom will be wearing a gag or that their ability to communicate with me in an oratory sense where they need to speak and I need to be able to hear may be impacted. For example, um, when I'm playing with someone and they are on a St. Andrews cross and their back is to me, I make it very clear to them that if they need to convey information to me, they need to be able to say that as loud as possible. Uh, Sometimes we will use hand gestures. Sometimes they will hold like a ball in their hand or a handkerchief that if they need to get my attention, they just release it. If I see the ball or the handkerchief drop, you stop whatever is going on and you check in with them. Checking in with them on on a regular basis, a consistent basis is always vital. And I will do that throughout the scene. Uh, There have been times that I have played with bottoms as the top. I have um, checked in with them more times than they would like Because it's like, you know, stop talking to me. I'm fine. I'm going off into my subspace. And you keep saying, are you all right? Is everything okay? (laughs) Um, Just keep pulling them out. So that is a communications thing. Uh, But once that's conveyed, and once I know what to look for, then it's okay. Then it's okay. So yes, it has uh, created, um, uh, at times, some logistical issues. Um, but obviously, with experience and again, open communication and talking about these things, um, you become better prepared, better experienced, and how to handle these things. And that only comes with time and practice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, uh, I don't jump into any pick up play type of situation, I always speak with people. It's funny, about a year or so ago, I was at a uh, private party. I guess I'm almost, almost two years ago now, uh, uh, perhaps the summer of 2019. And uh, there was a, a beautiful young lady there that is a friend of mine, and she is the slave uh, of, a, of a peer of mine. And, um, you know, she wanted, uh, her master was not present, uh, but she was looking for play. Uh, and another master, the master of the house, um, you know, she had talked with him and he was like, well, why don't you go play with Don? And she's like, does he play? Because I don't often play in public scenes. And obviously, you know, come COVID, you know, we don't get a chance to see anybody play anymore. And he's like, yeah, he plays all the time. So he brought her to me and said, you know, would you play with her? And I said, sure. Cause I have known this woman. It's not like she was a total stranger. We knew of each other, but never in that particular sense. And I was like, I understand you want to play. And she's like, yes, I would like to play. And I was like, okay. And I began to ask her, what do you like? What don't you like? Do you have any physical issues? And she goes, you know, and this is a person who had been in a lifestyle for a long time. She goes, oh my gosh, this is like the first time in almost 15, 20 years that I've had to negotiate a scene. And I was like, I gotcha. And I I understand and appreciate that. uh, But I have never played with you before. And I need to know, um, I need to know about you, what your likes are, what your, your, you don't like, what are your hard limits? And do you have any physical areas I need to know to stay away from? Um, are there any immediate you know triggers that you have that I need to be aware of so I can stay away from them so that we can do the best we can to have a productive and good positive scene? So, yeah.
0: Yeah, as a bottom, I really appreciate that, um, that you ask everybody what medical issues they have or what triggers they have. That's really important.
1: It is very important. And I'll be honest with you, there are um, a lot of people in our community, believe it or not, who are hearing impaired. And again, as I said, unless you know this person intimately, it's an invisible handicap. So, and and I'm not gonna say that, you know, oh, they were born deaf or they had a traumatic uh, accident or something like that. We have people in our community who are getting older, and one of the first things that goes (laughs) is your hearing, okay? Um, And sometimes that is very difficult for them to admit or and accept. In a play situation, whether they are the top or the bottom, if they have a hard time of hearing, they need to own up to it and convey that to the person they're playing with. Because if something is said from the other person and they don't hear it, um, that could spell the difference between a successful scene and potentially a life-threatening incident. So, you know, for those who are hearing impaired at whatever stage of life you're in, whether you're born to it like I was or whether it is something that uh, grew upon you, uh, that's something that needs to be definitely conveyed um, and, and accepted and embraced for everybody's well-being. If you are a bottom and you're hearing impaired and you don't share that with the top and something goes wrong because of the miscommunication that is in part due to the fact that you being the hearing impaired person either missed something or didn't hear something and something goes wrong in the scene, it's not only that may it may affect you, it sure as hell may affect the top as well. Do you really want to be part of affecting a top's confidence and skill level, especially if other people are watching because of the fact that you failed to convey an important piece of information about your own health and welfare as being a viable bottom to that top and what they planned on doing with you.
0: Yes, exactly. So what advice would you have for people with disabilities or any specific advice for folks who may be hard of hearing coming into the scene or folks that are interested in kink and are new to it?
1: My advice is to go to the dollar store and buy a great big sign and wear it around your neck to say, (laughs) I'm hearing impaired, can you talk louder? No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Uh, uh, No, Uh, if you're hearing impaired, um, first of all, there's millions of people who are hearing impaired. If you're not hearing impaired now, perhaps you're young, you're that 25 year old person who you know is is like the picture of health um, the chances are that if a you stay in this lifestyle and B you are going to get older, the chances are that you may experience uh, a hearing loss. I mean many people today live with, earbuds in their ears, they listen to loud music, that we go to play scenes, public play scenes where they are blaring the music very loud. We put our own auditory and hearing abilities at risk, oftentimes by our own hands every single day. So the first piece of advice I have to say is, if you notice that you, if you already know that you're a handicapped, hearing impaired and handicapped, or if you are developing a decrease in your auditory skills, um, first of all, get it checked out and embrace that. I either have a hearing impairment or I am becoming hearing impaired. Don't shy away from it, don't ignore that. Um, Secondly, if you begin to have conversations with a prospective partner that may lead to things, whether a power exchange dynamic or play in a BDSM sense, um, inform them of that, because again, unless you're constantly saying, hey, what, can you repeat that? Or you put a big horn in your ear saying, speak a little louder into this, um, they're not going to know. Now, luckily there's a number of people that will wear hearing aids, and that is a visual thing for the partner to detect it. Like, oh, are you hearing impaired? But again, if you're not using any equipment, for example, for me, I have hearing in one ear that is fine and the other ear does not work, a hearing aid would not help, okay? So I don't wear a hearing aid. I have worn devices in my life uh, th- uh, that have helped as an amplifier, at times they're an annoyance, uh, at times you know, other things cause issues. So I, I do not partake of them as much as I should anymore. However, that being said, be sure to convey that to whoever the partner is, uh, if the partner or the person, you know, has an aversion say, oh, well, I you know, I can't play with you or I'm not into handicapped people or, you know, whatever, uh, you are who you are. Embrace it. They could be the best looking sexiest person or have the greatest reputation. Do you really want to be with somebody who is not able to accept and more importantly, respect who you are? Unless you really are into degradation, it's like, you know, oh yeah, make fun of me or whatever. Uh, And there are people who are into that, so I can't deny that. Um, But for those who are hearing impaired, be yourself. You don't have to walk around and go, woohoo, I'm hearing impaired and bow before me. Just embrace who you are and convey that to your partners. Uh, Don't shy away. Lord knows there are plenty of us in the lifestyle who are handicapped on a variety of fronts, including hearing impaired.
0: Yes, thank you. And I think too, if we hear from somebody, oh, I don't, I don't like to play with people, you know, or they're they're against playing with disabled people, then it's like, okay, well, I don't have to waste my time with that person anymore. I can move on to somebody else. (laughs) It's kind of like you gave you gave me a gift by letting me know right away.
1: Absolutely, thank you, Angela, for bringing that up because you know what. Here is where I will say to the person, whether they're hearing impaired or they have another disability or a handicap, whether it's physical or mental or emotional, in full transparency and disclosure, you want to, if necessary, share that with them, okay? You know, if you have, for say, a a phobia or a, a fear or an emotional issue about being drowned and know when you're negotiating play at no point is water play going to come into this or any aspect where they want to drown you do you have to share that no um however as the person who is impaired or handicapped do your best when speaking to the other person who is not handicapped to say hey yeah i've got this whatever's going on with me whether it's a physical or whatever handicapper issue but i'm here because i like this stuff i like to beat people or i like to be beaten um just because i have this whatever this is doesn't mean that i'm not a human and it doesn't mean that i can't do or take whatever it is that you would like to do or take to me okay um you know, there are plenty of people who are physically handicapped who love to be beaten. There are people who are physically handicapped who love to tie other people up. Uh, you know, that's why we're all here. When you start to either get the perception or the psychic spidey sense that the other person is like, oh, you know, you might be fragile and I don't want to, you know, it's up to you. If you really want to play with that person to say, hey, you know what? Been doing this for a while. Or I'd like to try this and I've never done it. I'm just giving you all the facts to say, I am willing to go forward and play with you. I just want you to be aware of this. I'm not saying like, whoa, don't. I'm saying, I got this going on with me and I still want to do this with you. As long as we keep an eye out for it, hey, we can do this. There are people who are handicapped. I'm one of them who can have a very, I wouldn't say successful, but a very fulfilling life in this community.
0: Yes, definitely. (laughs) You know, I'm a masochist and I've had play partners in the past who have been very understandably, uh, you know, very careful and very, you know, they don't wanna push me too hard. And that type of thing. And I'm
1: like, come on, more. <laughs> exactly. And you know what, Angela? That's a thank you for bringing it up. That is a great thing. If you want the more and the person is not giving it to you because they feel that they may hurt you, then it definitely behooves you to say to them, look, I can take more. I understand that you're being perhaps accommodating with me perhaps you, the non-handicapped person, might be afraid or skittish. Um, That, In that regards, because there are many people, you know, we always hear, oh, I'm afraid of topping from the bottom or they're trying to top from the bottom. It's not topping from the bottom when you are helping them understand that their hesitation or their holding back is not necessary and that in the end, it's not going to lead to as, as a fulfilling scene as possible. Uh, so that behooves the person who has the issue to say, you know, I can take a little bit more, or you can tie that tighter, or you can whack that harder, or whatever it is that you want. You know, I want the pain. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm playing with you. Can you give me what I'm looking for? Don't, as long, you know, the, the, the handicap, notwithstanding, you know, dish it out.
0: Yeah, Master Don, I I love everything that you say, it's been a pleasure. I do want to just say, I have to admit that um, you use the word handicap. And for some of us in the disability community, we kind of hear that word and we cringe. And, you know, part of me, I I don't want to bring this up because I'm of two minds. You know, one is that you use the word handicap to describe yourself. And I personally believe that we all choose our own words for ourselves. And so whatever word you choose to describe yourself is perfectly valid. Some folks in the community today do have issues with the word handicap. And, you know, part of that comes from I don't know if you know the, the history of the word.
1: I do not know the history of the word. Um, and I, I appreciate all that you're saying and, and I appreciate that you're bringing this up. Um, those of you who know me, and if you don't know me, maybe go to my FetLife page, it's quite obvious. Um, I consider myself an old man, all right? And I do use the term handicap for myself. So if it, if anyone finds it offensive, um, I'm going to be very blunt. Okay. If I had to describe myself and I was given the choice of handicapped and disabled, I always go with handicapped. First of all, it's the legal technical term. Okay. I, you know, for, for the most part, you know, I see handicapped parking spots and things like that. Again, I'm not placing any monikers on other people, but I will tell you this, I am not disabled. I am fully able. I am capable, okay? I am handicapped in that I do not possess the same auditory attributes as people who have two ears that work. I hope that answers your question or at least is capable.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's that, um, I think the word, so the word handicap originally came from the idea of um, disabled folks um, begging for money and it was hand in cap. And that's where it came from because people were asking for money with their, their caps out. And so I think that's where a lot of people take offense to it. Personally, I, I, Believe that everyone can use whatever terms they want for themselves, and I don't get—I personally don't get as hung up on the word itself as I do on the intent of the speaker. Um, so, like I said, I appreciate everything that that you had to say today, and I, you know, appreciate hearing your your stories. So, thank you so much.
1: Not a problem. Not a problem at all. Again, um, you know, thank you very much for having me on on the podcast and uh, you you do a great service. And I hope those who listen to your program listen to it with the same caliber of open-mindedness and acceptance, especially when things are not directed at them personally, directly. It's one thing if you walk up to someone and say something, but it's another thing when you say all together and you speak in a particular generality and you're reflecting it to yourself as I do, but um, you do do a great service here and I appreciate it tremendously.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Where can people find you if they would like to connect with you.
1: Um, right down the street, on the corner, right next to the Dunkin' Donuts. Um, no, um, you know, I'm on FetLife. Uh, my, uh, my scene name on FetLife is Dibando, D-A-I, D-A-I or space B-A-N-D-O. Um, I am at Dibando413 at gmail.com. You know, if you want to shoot me an email or something of that regards, that's fine. If you want to, you know, reach out to me on FetLife. I'll be honest with you, with COVID and everything, really don't get on FetLife that much anymore. Obviously, used to live on FetLife only to see what my friends are doing and, and for events. And, and now with COVID, it's like, you know, sometimes I get on or not. And of course, uh, anybody who's listening to this podcast, you know, obviously, you know how to get in touch with me. Uh, if they want to reach out to you, Angela, you know, you know, please don't hesitate to, you know, say, hey, this particular person would like to speak to you.
0: Great. Thank you. Any last words you'd like to leave us with, or if there's any events or meetings you're involved with that are coming up that you'd like to announce, feel free.
1: Um, I do know that I believe by the time this podcast will air that the Mass Cherry Hill meeting will have taken place uh, February the 4th, but any last thoughts I'd like to leave with people is the following. Um, Be true to yourself. And it is greatly important for you to know why you wanna be part of this community. This community is not here to heal you. This community is not here to make you something um, that you're not already. Only you can aspire to achieve the goals that you want to achieve. It's great to be in this community, um, but be a part of the community. Don't let the community be you. Uh, be yourself, embrace yourself, embrace your uniqueness and your challenges and and the things that you aspire and be the best person you possibly can be. Um, Be true and kind to yourself if you can. Be real and honest. Um, And that's basically all I need to, I care to share at that point.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and, and I wish you luck. This is a very successful podcast. I hear nothing but great results uh, about this. And, uh, and thank you for this service that you are affording our community. It's, uh, it is a, a tremendous one and, and you're doing great work and I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. And thanks to all the listeners who are listening in on this. I wish them all well and good, safe, healthy journeys in this, this lifestyle.
0: I'm so grateful to have had Master Don on the show today to share his experiences and his knowledge and wisdom with us. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. At the end of every episode, I'll be asking a question for you to consider. Today's question is how did you find your role in the alternative lifestyle? How did you choose which path you would take? Did your disability have any impact on the role you chose? Please go to Disirability.com, that's D-I-S-I-R ability.com, and share your thoughts with me. Thank you for joining us today. Stay well. Desirability Alt was created and hosted by me, Angela Carr. Opinions expressed are from my own personal experience or that of my guests. Did you like what you heard today? Be sure to follow Desirability Alt wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, you can also find me at Desirability.com or on any social media at Desirability. That's D-I-S. I R ability. Thank you for sharing this journey with me.